From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1974 Ying Si directed and Bruce Leung starring Little Godfather from Hong Kong, also known as the Godfather Squad. Here's the synopsis. A drug dealing ring hires a mafia family to kill off Interpol agents who are interfering with their business. The assassins are stopped by a martial arts movie star, enraged, the drug dealers decide to take their revenge by tricking him into taking a part in a new kung fu movie they claim to be making so they can get close enough to kill him. <laughs> you got all that, Michael? Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that plan works every time. <laughs> okay. So as always, when did you first see uh, Little Godfather from Hong Kong and what do you think? Uh, little Godfather was, a, uh, I saw a little later on. You know, I didn't see too many Bruce Lang movies when I was younger, Bruce Long and Bruce Lang. Uh, I I did see the dragon lives again because it was so over the top Bruce. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one, I probably, I think the first time I saw this was probably only about 10, 12 years ago. But uh, I like it. I think it's fun because it, one of the things I like about him is he's such a talented martial artist, Bruce Long is, you know. So it's sort of his his skill level, even when the movie's kind of dropping a little bit, he's he's uh, he's like really, I think, one of the more talented of. of of the we call the clones, you know, that, uh, that I think uh, I mean, it comes from a really talented family of martial artists. So it's not a surprise. But so I actually I like this movie. I think it's um, I think it's sort of a slight crossover into Bruce Bloitation without being too heavy. Uh, it was pretty early on, you know, as you as you notice the release of it. So it was kind of before it was all sort of, I think, taking off. Hmm. Well, and, you know, um when we get to the Bruceisms, I didn't have a lot to your point. This wasn't like, this wasn't like <laughs> Dragon Lee. This was like, um, you know, it has stuff like we're in Rome and there's mafia and stuff like way of the dragon, but, um, he is an excellent martial artist. But one thing I noticed, um, I thought the fight scenes were pretty crappy. Uh, he looks good, but it bothered me that like every time he's kicking somebody, it's, there's like a foot between his foot and their face. Well, yeah, and that you know, it's it's always tough with the with the Hong Kong martial arts films because we the there are times where the director and the action director sort of separate. You know, at times sometimes the director overlaps. Like I, you know, was talking to Lee So Nam a lot about this, and he was very involved with the fight scenes. But there's a lot of times where the the directors just sort of turn it over to the the action director, who in this case is Bruce Lung, right? So oh. he's also starring in the movie, and it's an early film for him as a, a leading actress who probably had a lot on his his plate. So the, I, it doesn't surprise me you saw the misses. At that on top of the fact that you've got these, and this always would happen, particularly back then, you get the Hong Kong guys with their style of choreography, and you're sticking in these Italian stuntmen, or you know maybe they're not even stuntmen, they just might the actors trying to take the mm -hmm. shots and and so it could could have been a bad mix you know for that for that regard yeah he looked like he didn't want to hurt anybody that's for sure so it's like maybe there's that thing culturally too he's in italy and you know they're making this action movie and it's like well i don't actually want to i don't want to hurt him <laughs> yeah and i think um you know on that note it's you know that um this like i said this was shot late 
probably late 73. So, you know, Bruce Lee passed away in July of 73. So if this was taking over and, and, and any influence from him, there's this idea that, and you and I have talked about this, where Bruce Lung's character is kind of both Tong Lung from Way of the Dragon, mm -hmm. you know, you've got, and, and he's also being Bruce Lee, you know, because he's, a, he's an actor that gets, I mean, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> for the life of me, I mean, you kind of threw it out in the synopsis where you have these, these gangsters that really want to capture and kill this to make a, you know, make a, uh, an example of him, mm -hmm. Bruce Lung, who earlier in the film stops, a, which we should probably start talking about, yeah. stops an assassination. But this in incredible plot of like put a whole movie together just to fly him out to Italy to kill him, you know? <laughs> okay, so let's get into plot because this movie is absolutely over the top in in a really really good way. Um, out of the out of the gate, we have these this hired group. I think it's like three guys, and they're going to kill these Interpol agents. And we start, I, I, we start with either the grocery guy or the guy who's trying to get into his car. But the idea is, is like there, it just shows regular like agents of Interpol and they're doing things in life. So one guy's got his groceries, he gets killed. There's a guy who's trying to start his car, he gets killed. And then the best part comes right after that. Uh, it's this is where Bruce Lee comes in. That a a German shepherd with a bomb attached to his neck is dispatched to chase after a dude and blow him up and it's a really beautiful scene that right when like bruce sees what's happening he somehow runs up and somehow kicks the german shepherd so high in the air that it's like this like exploding rocket german shepherd thing <laughs> and we hope it was faked right oh i hope so yeah because really you don't know this wasn't like in the old days when you had like you know um uh the incredible <laughs> hulk throwing a bear this <laughs> yeah this is prior PETA. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. PETA was not on on uh, site uh, making sure that no German Shepherds were harmed within the making of this film. <laughs> uh, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, so very cool intro. Um, and that was enough to piss them off that they were like, so picture this from a plot perspective. Okay, so Bruce Lee, quote unquote Bruce Lee, just came and stopped this thing from happening. We're going to cr not just invite him to Italy to be in a movie, but we're going to have a whole movie production so it feels real until we get close enough to him to kill it. Yeah, and, and that and he, you know, Bruce Lee, he even dresses like him in Way of the Dragon. So we have a lot of sort of similarities to that movie going on here. Um, and which is why, again, I even included in Bruce Ploitation because, you know, Bruce Long would go on to do other movies that you, he's not out per se trying to be Bruce Lee. And I don't think he per se is in this either, but there's, he's got so much going on around him, you know, the Coliseum, you've got Rome, you know, you've got some of the fight scenes that are sort of modeled after some of uh, Bruce Lee's fight scenes. And it sort of enters that territory, which is interesting because this film, when it got released in the States, they sort of took the martial arts part of the the promotion out of it a little bit and and went more with the godfather idea you know the original yeah. release of this was the little godfather of hong kong but uh by the time it got to the u.s it was the godfather squad so you're you, and then if you even look at the the poster for the film it's a lot of machine gun stuff and a very little martial arts looking on the so this the production i forget the um uh was it canon it might have been canon films actually mm -hmm. I, if i'm not mistaken that released the film they were definitely highlighting more the gangster thing for the u.s market rather than the martial arts thing yeah that would i'm i'm totally with you there um i wanted to talk about um, 
So you brought up the machine gun thing and the mafia thing. Does this not have one of the best scenes with the use of a machine gun with a guy, uh, an Italian dude on a car shooting at people? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to definitely talk about that at okay. the end. I mean, okay. But I, I think, uh, yeah, it definitely does. Um, but I think one of the interesting things about this from the, the Bruceploitation perspective also is we have these similar motifs from Way of the Dragon. You know, they, they show up at the airport and in this case, Bruce Long's traveling with Mang Hoi, which, who is the young kid in the story. Okay. Who is he? Now, Mang Hoi, it's kind of, he's got an interesting Bruce Lee connection because he was in Enter the Dragon. He actually, I mean, it's a small part, but he's one of the kids that's being harassed on the boat by Peter Archer. And then Bruce Lee puts him on the boat and he's being dragged behind the boat. The art of fighting without fighting. That's it. And he yeah. slaps Mang Hoi on the head and hands him the rope. And then they're holding him off, oh, off the, I know off that the back scene. of it. Yeah, yeah, so so that was him. And then that same year, or it was either right after, I'm not sure the exact months, but it was right around that same time that Bruce Lee was helping his friend Unicorn, mm-hmm. Unicorn Chan, do Fist of Unicorn. Actually, it was before Enter the Dragon, I think. Uh, Meng Hoi was working on that film as well. So he's got a little bit of, of, a, of a Bruce connection there from, from those movies. Nice. And uh, yeah, so, you know, here you got the, and, and so here you got this, when they arrive in Hong Kong, I mean, excuse me, in, into Rome, just like in Way of the Dragon, they get into a car and they start driving around. And I, and if you remember Way of the Dragon, there's right away they're driving around Rome and it's almost like a travelogue film. They're going, and over here we have the Colosseum, and over here is the fountain, and over you know, it's, and they do the same thing here. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny that way too. Yeah, totally. Um, I love this. Yeah, from the beginning, it was kind of weird. They land. Um, he runs into his brother or, or, you know, um, I don't know, could have been an uncle, could have been a cousin, but remember, it's like everybody's walking off and there's a girl that's already like kind of down to kill him. And he's like, Hey guys, sorry, going with my friend here. We'll see you tomorrow on the set. And then, yeah, they get in the car and just go cruising around. One really fun thing here is, um, it's like, I, I, whoever wrote this, I'd love to just buy him a beer and say, what the hell's going on in your brain? Because there's like some great scenes of attempted murder. And one of my favorites um, is the camera scene. It was just ridiculous. Like a couple gives Bruce Lee and uh, this young man, this young boy, a camera to take a picture of them. And they keep waving at him. Keep go for the back, go for the back. And the further back he gets, he keeps like, okay, can I take the picture now? And it's because of course, the camera has a bomb in it. <laughs> it was like straight James Bond, a little Inspector Gadget. I don't know, but um, and yeah. And, well, and this and that, and even in context to the story, remember this takes place the next morning after his, the the guys their 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 uh, brother their uncle brother's just been killed. Oh right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's just been killed. And then they're like, well, let's go tour the Coliseum, and then while they're there, of course, they run into that the quote unquote tourists oh, that hand them the. That's a beautiful point. Like, he'd just been <laughs> well, murdered. They were just screaming the scene before, and now they're taking pictures of tourists. That's exactly it. And, and just to answer your question, the Si Yoon, who's the director mm-hmm. who did Tower of Death and Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth, was right. also credited as being one of the writers on it anyway. So you gotta you got to fault him. They were doing special drugs. There you go. Yeah. We know what those were back then. <laughs> totally. All right, well, let me, I want to hear your favorite scene. This has a ton of great ones, but I, I imagine you've got one that stands out for you. 
Uh, yeah, I guess I got I mean, there are a few good scenes. I think the one that I always remember from the film is just because of the, the not that it's such a great scene or anything, but just the nature of it is when during there's a, you know one of the fake movie scenes where they're trying to shoot um, literally shoot the scene with uh, Bruce Lung. They have a guy that's supposed to pull out a gun and shoot at him. And of course, in this story, they're loading real bullets into the gun, mm-hmm. so that he'll be shot on camera in front of this whole crowd, which pref- you know predates um, Game of Death by a good you know four or five years, which is the scene that they used in Game of Death to to you know alter the the Bruce Lee character, Billy Lowe's character, into wearing a disguise because it gets shot in the face, and of course, it also in the unfortunate sense you know, predates, you know, Brandon Lee getting shot on set. So it's always kind of stuck out at me. And it was obviously not intentional on anybody's part, but it was, uh, to me that every time I think about this movie, that's the first thing I think about. Yeah. So dark how that went down. I mean, that is nuts. Yeah. How about you? What's your, uh, what's your standout scene in this movie? (laughs) Well, I know you're going to love this one too. It's so over the top and so weird, but, um, Bruce gets attacked by one of the guys and you know they fight for a bit but eventually he takes the entire man's body and he shoves him into a fireplace like burning him alive and oh that's a, a great one yeah yeah there's a way he's just kind of grabbing the guy's legs until the legs stop shaking because the guy's like fully inside this fireplace this is a deep fireplace where an entire upper man's torso can fit it's more like an oven but yeah it was it's special if that's no other reason for you to for for our listeners to pick this movie up and say i want to watch Little Godfather from Hong Kong. It's a uh, it's a combination of that and uh, where we're going next. Especially because he's uh, he's uh, hiding behind a big panda bear prior to that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's this is this is some special writing. And you also have what's about this movie that's kind of interesting. It's this high, you know kind of a hybrid because we're we're connected. We're sort of bringing in this Italian sentiment you know with the spaghetti westerns into this film and so you get these very weird which always influenced the, the kung fu movies i mean most i think i can't say most but there's a, a giant percentage of these kung fu movies that are very influenced by the spaghetti westerns and so here you have an actual martial arts film being shot in italy and getting some of this and that's where you've got um gordon mitchell who plays you know uh one of the bad guys in this film and you have um he was who was in the ten commandments and you've got these offbeat you've got karada who's the the japanese actor that had worked with bruce long and and um on a number of films actually with Vincent Yuen as well so you know you've got these weird characters and that always stick out to me as being very italian influenced you know the guy mm-hmm. he's wearing that what he's wearing the weird like outfits he's got the whip you know when he's fighting um uh, Bruce Long later in the film when he's hunting him down in that vacant, uh, you know, yeah. that warehouse. Yeah, and there's a great scene. Um, I, I in my notes, um, Heidi. Heidi is awesome. Heidi like tries to go ahead and get uh, Bruce and his uh, his nephew or whatever to leave, and she's kind of like out in the parking lot as they took off, and the mafia guys come up. She fights him, and she does a pretty good job kicking them. Oh, you're talking about uh, Shirley uh, yeah. Corrigan, right? The place yeah. I right, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, she was yeah. really neat. Um, but this is like the classic thing. Like, so finally, like the biggest, tallest Italian guy comes up, and he just grabs her by the mouth and he squeezes it while he goes like the classic. 
It's like, wait, she just kicked everyone's ass and you're somehow like subduing her by holding her mouth open. It's just so, <laughs> so random. But um, what this made me think of is, of course, uh, the man, the myth. And when we get to Italy and the man, the myth, you, you can see it's all, it's like, that's when they dreamt it up. Like, this should have been all part of that. But instead, well, we don't want to kind of go too far with Bruce's real story. We'll save this for our own side movie. Yeah, in fact, they shoot the same fountain mm. in this film that was also used in Way of the Dragon, but was also later again shown in Bruce Lee, The Man of Myths. So they got, got to that fountain quite a bit. <laughs> okay, well, this gets a little crazy. They're like by the Coliseum, I think, and they're fighting. It's Bruce, um, and he's fighting, I think, the Japanese guy, uh, uh, Yasuaki Karata. Kur- karata, you're yeah. talking about towards the end, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're... we're it looks like the Coliseum. They're fighting around on some rock, like some, you know, like stairs and stuff. But suddenly we're in a big snowy field. <laughs> well, that's the thing about this movie, and it does it a lot. And I think this could, I mean, it, I, I, they, it's used in a lot of kung fu movies, but I think it's it could be from the idea of, of you know, when you shoot a fight scene and your day starts running out, instead of coming back to the same location, you, you go to a different one. So you just have them start <laughs> running. And so this one's like, like that, you know, throughout, you know, you, they, they fight, 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 then they run. And then they show up somewhere else. They fight, 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 they run. They show up somewhere else. And then, like you said, in this one, it gets, it kind of enters the twilight zone because they're fighting in the city, fighting up in the, uh, you know, all these, you know, ancient, <laughs> ancient, uh, you know, ar- architecture. And then they run. And the next thing you know, they're just running down a snow embankment. <laughs> and then they have their, their final fight there. Yeah, that was awesome. In fact, um, I was going to ask you this. So for some reason, there's a playing card, you know, like from a deck of cards, and it's used as like a shuriken in this. Do you think that was like to get around, like showing the real thing? Or do you think they were like just trying to stylize and be cool? Again, I think it was being stylized because, you know, earlier in the film, Karate is having the scene where he's showing his skills at the up on the mansion. Yeah. And he's throwing, but he's not using cards. I think he's using darts at that point. And I think they just thought, oh, this will be a really cool idea. Again, that to me feels like the Italian spaghetti Western influence, you know, because they would always have these, you know, you think about movies like Django where the movie opens up and he's dragging a coffin across the plains and halfway through the movie he opens it up and there's a machine gun in it instead of a body, you know. I mean, it's this kind of of creativity that goes on there. So, but, you know, yeah, that that, that is uh, that kind of funny that even the, traditionally the, the, snow. The, the most iconic scene with uh with Clint Eastwood putting like the the door of a potbelly stove under his poncho to stop bullets <laughs> exactly exactly that's that's it exactly and I think also with the whole running thing when you watch this film you'll notice that many of they did another film right around the same time I don't know if they did it at the exact same time but it wouldn't have surprised me if it was if it was called Kidnap in Rome, and it has a lot of the same actors, the same, uh, same production, and um, they, uh, it, it, it's a lot of the same thing where you watch the fights that take place, the action scenes, and you're always seeing, it's A, a it's usually handheld camera work, because they're probably just trying to avoid bringing you know, tripods out that's going to get them into trouble, you know, setting down equipment, so they just gun it with handheld and you're always noticing people looking into the camera it's not like let's clear they had the permits to clear the you know the the plane and 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 particularly in this one they use that to their advantage because they shoot it at uh where the pope's appearing right and they made use of that crowd they were they were like well the pope's coming let's go start the you know they were smart enough to go let's start our chase 
at this huge crowd and get this production value out of it. So that was kind of funny. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the Pope. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. But this gets into, um, we get past that. We get to a car chase, which has some really cool old school cartoon music as they're car chasing. And then who is the gentleman? Uh, he's from some other classic stuff, but he's the machine gun man that we're about to talk about. Oh, the uh, boss. Uh, that's uh, his name's what's his name? Consalvo something. Consalvo. I can't remember his last name, but his okay. first name's Consalvo. Yeah, yeah, I got it here. It's got Consalvo Dell'Arte. Oh, well, well said. Well, you know, I had uh, I had fettuccine for dinner, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got that. It going. helps. I've got that going for me. No, um, exactly. He's cool as hell. He he's got this vibe of a very, um, you know. Uh, kind of 50s campy he looks a little vampy right like he could have like a boris karloff kind of thing going on but um it's great it's 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 a ridiculous scene where he has this machine gun that won't run out it's an old-timey machine gun and he's standing up on this car and he's shooting at bruce and heidi as they're trying to get him and at one point she's like i'm just gonna kill myself so i'm gonna drive the car and you get behind and you can hopefully get close enough to kick his ass or whatever. So, but it's like I haven't seen that many bullets fly since I watched Heat last. So it's kind of an ex protracted uh, of everything in the sense because she's in a car. Bruce gets behind it. She starts driving towards the machine gun. He starts firing and firing and firing, and the car keeps going and going and going. Finally, she takes a bullet. I don't know how it missed her for you know the first three minutes. Finally, she takes a bullet dies and the car still keeps driving towards him for a good 30 40 seconds you know yeah. and then it, and then it doesn't even quite get all the way there i don't know how bruce gets out of it and then then that's our uh and then we have our final confrontation yeah so i thought bruce was gonna like jump on the hood of the car and bruce lee i think to point out one of the best bruce lee scenes of all time is the first time we're watching the big boss where he his necklace is knocked off and right. he gets to fight for the first time. And what we noticed that we hadn't noticed before, because we have James Tien, he's awesome. Everyone's beautiful and looks cool. He has power, and he kicks people so hard, he just, like, murders them with, like, one kick and one punch. It's like <laughs> all of these clone perpetrators didn't think of that. Like, in this case, I'm thinking he should jump on the roof of the car, jump over and just kick the old guy so hard he flies off and dies. But no, he shoots him. Yep, yeah, and that's that's what's funny is, you know, you watch a lot of the kung fu movies, you know that... Many and Tarantino's did this at the end of Death Proof, where the film ends and it sort of ends on a one of the the kicks, you know, the mm -hmm. guy, the final kick that knocks the guy's head back and breaks his neck or whatever it is. In this case, it ends on a freeze frame with with Bruce Lung firing a machine gun, you know, right. a See, sign of the times already. I'll tell yeah. you. No, it's true, and I like the end where just like it's the final blow and then the end. I don't need yeah. a lot of fanfare. But yeah, this one. Nobody left anyways. I mean, what's he? He's just gonna walk off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or you know, of course, the end of uh, the end of Fist of Fury or something like that. With the, I'm gonna jump kick into machine gun fire. This was the opposite. Yes, it was the opposite. That's true. And I think it's also worth noting that the the characters in this. You know, it's it's again we, we remember the guy in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. the, Oh, the attendant he's very flamboyant and he's he's doing this very over-the-top gay thing and they have these interesting elements where you know when the one son dies the one that uh bruce lang kills when he has that fight earlier in the movie then the father you know the consuelo consalvo he's you know having this moment where he takes his son's food at the dinner table 
and he breaks it in half and gives one portion to Curata and one portion to Gordon Mitchell, like to say, you two now have to pick up where he left mm -hmm. off. And then, then Gordon Mitchell starts crying and crying and crying. And then we have that great monologue where he, where the, the, the boss, you know, the, the mob boss here is starts talking about his son and saying, I loved him. He was my child. And mm -hmm. as a teenager, I remember when he strangled that cat <laughs> and then he, he killed the two Negro boys. And then he's like talking and he does, he says these horrendous things, but he's doing it as if he's having these great memories of his son running through the fields. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And it's so dark. And yeah. it's so, um, also, you said it too. It's like where Quentin Tarantino picks up these kinds of things, these subtle, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reminisce about my dead son and remember all the fucking horrible things he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've got Bruceisms. I don't have a lot. Like I said, this one, um, this movie is a Bruce Ploitation film where they thought this might be something that Bruce would have done versus we're being Bruce, you know, this doesn't have the dragon Lee element of, <laughs> it's right. It's very straight played. And you, you know, I mean, I don't know if Bruce would have chosen this script, but this is pretending he would have, um, the boxing stance, as I call it, you know, the footwork. Sure. Uh, this one's a stretch. They say the traditional Chinese shirt, because I think it's very iconic Bruce Lee, but I mean, I've seen Jackie wear it and everybody else, but Bruce was maybe my first, because I don't have a long history of Kung Fu movies, but, you know. The... Yeah, and it's a fairly commonly worn yeah. outfit, to be sure. But it's just like the Nunchakus. I mean, not that they were around much before Bruce Lee, but, you know, it's certain things just he made much more famous yeah. by doing it. Thank you. Yeah, I felt Bruce in it. And then finally, of course, the Rome Connection, which was the man, the myth, way of the dragon, you know. And it all felt like it was filmed of, of the same quality film and everything else. Like, it was the same Rome. It was the same Rome, that's for sure. They went to a couple of the same spots, so. Well, cool. Um, we uh, have a uh, voice message from Ian Lee. In fact, we have two. And in these, he's going to challenge you to figure out uh, what movie he's watching. So. Hello, this is Ian Lee. I'm listening, I'm watching a Bruce Bloitation movie. Can you tell what it is? Um, our answers on a postcard. Uh, watching on Amazon Prime, we've got some great movies on there. I must admit, I'm finding the plot of this movie um, ridiculously hard to follow. I haven't seen it for about 30 years. Anyway, I'm loving the podcast, um, although you are both wrong. Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger is a masterpiece. Um, I had a question. Has any member of the Bruce Lee family or the Bruce Lee estate ever commented publicly um, or privately to you, Michael, um, ever commented uh, publicly or privately about their views on Bruce Lee, Dragon Lee, on, on the whole genre of Bruce Bloitation. And I guess Bruce Bloitation happened after Bruce Lee died. Are there any examples of it before he died? Um, and if so, I wonder what Bruce Lee would have thought about it. Um, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Um, you are really... Uh, doing wonderful work and boy oh boy i must admit when i heard bruce lie at the end of um, the last podcast a little tear formed in my eye how wonderful to hear him thanks a lot guys bye
Hello, it's Ian Lee again. I thought I'd give you a bit of a better clue as to who uh, the movie. Have a listen to this dialogue. Can you tell what the movie is I'm watching? That should be enough for you to know what the movie is. I had another question. Um, the dubbing of the Bruce Boitation movies, uh, is it different from England to uh, uh, America? Did they have different dubbing artists? Because all of the, it dawned on me, a lot of the Bruce Lee films, they tend to have British accents. So I, it got me thinking that maybe there is a regional variation. Or are they all done by the same people? Um, okay, thanks. Ta-ta. Ah, uh, Ian, he's the uh, he's the true master. Um, all right, well, first off, Ian, I got to tell you that the clip is it's tough to hear, so you're not you're not uh, you're you're not giving us a lot to work with here. Um, but there, I think I heard the last last um, three words, so I'm gonna guess. It's just a guess, so you're gonna have to uh, school me again, I guess. But um, I would say Fist of Fury two, if I was gonna pick one. Um, so, don't know if that's right. You're going to have to let us know again. Uh, and regarding the the uh, first question, which was about um, the family, you know, I actually have a... The only time that I'm aware that it was an issue was one of uh, one of the early films, and I want to say it was... I have to, I'd have to look at the paperwork. It's um, a legal document where they were suing the, the company releasing the film, the, the Bruce Lee Estate. And I think it mainly had to do with, because Bruce Lee, in a sense, was an intellectual property, that the it was how the family members were being portrayed, and that they weren't um, they were suing over the the likeness or the the usage of the family. Uh, and it was God, I'm, I think I want to say it's the Dragon Dies Hard, which which you know has the kids in it, and it has the wife, and um, so I think that was the only time that. You know, there's been I've heard them talk about it in reference on interviews about um, about the uh, imitators or or the, the those productions that you know sought to to capitalize on on Bruce Lee's life, but you know not much. I mean, I think like back then it was uh, in the very beginning it was kind of a the, when it first happened it was a an ordeal, but after that it was it just I think they just let it alone. They probably got a lot to deal with on their end anyway. Um, and regarding the dubbing, the, the truth is, you're right, uh, the, the, the main source of dubbing is done in the UK. There is um, several dubbers, several voiceover artists that do live in the States that have done a couple of the films, but the, the most commonly heard voices from the Shaw Brothers through the Bruceploitation films are all the same, same groups. In fact, um, Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger, your classic, which, yeah, I get it, you win, it is a classic. Uh, that, um, you, you'll notice, and I, we talk about it in the episode a little bit, that's a, a different group of voiceover artists, because you, you've also got James Hong and George Takai in there, because they did that one in the United States, I guess it was Dimension that did that that dub of it, and I don't think it was ever redubbed again for the UK, I think that would have been probably the same uh, version that went over there, but I could be could be wrong about that. But they um, 
most of the houses were in the UK, but there were a few here in the United States. So you do get different voices. As a matter of fact, if you're into the Godzilla movies at all, if you watch the last four or five Showa Godzilla movies, which is like, you know, Godzilla versus Megalon, Gigan, Mechagodzilla, etc., you'll hear the voices that you're so used to hearing in Bruce Bloitation. You hear Bruce Lai's voice, you know, you hear the rest of them. Because um, those, at one point, those dubbers took over for the Godzilla films. And I think with the Godzilla films, they'll, they'll sometimes be two different dubs of the same movie you'll get. But So uh, that's it, man. It's always good to hear from Mr. Ian, our big, uh, our big. Um, what are you? You're big something. You're out there. You're doing it. And uh, uh, thanks, for, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, man. It's always good to hear from you. Okay, so I just want to say after all that, um, I want to remind you guys, our phone number is 424-257-0344. The next episode we're doing is The Real Bruce Lee, which is a treat, but I would love to hear, we would love to hear anything you guys think about it. Uh, you know, if you've seen it, um, it's a very interesting one that has uh, some old footage as well as a combination of Bruce Boitation, uh actors, so... Yeah, let us know, and we will, you know, we'll respond to you uh, in the next episode. So yeah, write something up or call in, and leave a message, tell us what you think about that movie. Awesome. Uh, any news? Uh, nothing new on the horizon, my friend. How about with you? Nothing. Um, I'd like to hit into the ground because we talk about it every episode. Uh, the Deadly Fingers is what this month hitting. Yeah, uh, it's and... coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, some twenty fourth or something. Get the pre order in. Get it ordered. And uh, I, for one, I, I can't wait to hear your uh, your commentary. Yeah, and if you haven't, um, if you have, I mean, I just I might as well push it out there. There's an article on the Big Boss Part Two to give some insight into this much long lost uh, film of Bruce Ploitation. So uh, you can go on to the. Um, Bruce Bloitation Bible uh, WordPress site and and dig that up. Yes, I will uh, make sure that that is in the notes. So if you guys okay. don't know, but otherwise it's that easy. Go to the Bible dot wordpress dot com and you can yeah see what uh, see what Michael has written about it. I for one can't wait to actually get my hands on that. Uh. Yes. Um, okay. Well, um, Michael, thank you as always. And thank you, uh, Matthew. Till next time. All right, buddy. I will send you guys out to something from this. If I remember right, I don't actually have theme music or anything else in this one, but I will send you out to something delicious. Till next, <laughs> till next time. All right, buddy. Keep kicking.